Hey guys, today on the podcast, we have Soul Cycle instructor extraordinaire David Zint. And also we're going to tell you about an opportunity if you are in the Los Angeles area to come and actually meet us and take a soul cycle class with us. It's pretty exciting. And with David, which makes it even better. Even better. And also we want to tell you, listen up, because this is really important we news. Have, like crazy, incredible guests coming on over the next several weeks. We've got Robin Berman, Dr. Berman, as I like to call her, <laughs> the author of Permission to Parent. And we also have Janet Lansbury, the author of no bad kids and also elevating child care and we have such amazing conversations with both of these incredible women and authors and in fact i just want to say a big shout out to my neighbors that when i told them we were having janet lansbury on the podcast they were like blown away so we're big time now people that's what we're saying um, we're basically saying we're obsessed with the two authors <laughs> that you will be getting to hear from soon and we also interview fashletics ceo sarah wilson and New listeners, if you might have just found us through SoulCycle, we want to let you know that you'd probably really love our episode with Angie Green Fletcher. Uh, she was a super inspiring guest of ours who is an incredible triathlete and kicks ass. Yeah. And so subscribe because you can download all of our previous podcasts. There's a bunch of them. And you guys, there's something in each for everybody. So. And because iTunes only shows the most 20 recent. And I, won't, I promise you're going to want to dig deeper. <laughs> <laughs> so please subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at Atomic Moms, on Facebook at Atomic Moms. <laughs> And uh, we'll be right back with the show. Woohoo! Hello, hello, hello. It's so good to see you. Hello. <laughs> this is Ellie. <laughs> Bianca. <laughs> and awesome are... singing advice. <laughs> uh, and we are Atomic Moms Podcast. Hey, we have a special guest today who also is connected to a special event that we're doing. And we're really excited to tell you guys about it because look, if you live in the LA area or you're near us in Los Angeles, we want to invite you next Monday, which is August 17th at 1130, 1130 AM. We are doing a private event with SoulCycle Hollywood. I'm going to pass out on the bike. It's going to happen. <laughs> so it is a 45-minute class that is going to be taught by David Zint, who is today's guest on Atomic Moms. Yeah, and we're so excited. Ellie has been taking his class for a while now, and she loves him, and he's he is one of SoulCycle's most sought after instructors and um, we were lucky enough to sit down with him and then through that interview we get to actually go and have a fun atomic mom soul cycle party class. yes party on a bike you guys so listen if you feel like traveling a little bit to get to us or you actually live in los angeles you can email us atomic moms podcast at gmail.com Again, that's Atomic Moms Podcast at gmail.com. And we will forward you all the information. It's 1130, August 17th, RSVP for Girlfriend 2, Space is Limited. So hurry. Yeah. And actually, you know, get there at like 11 so we can say hi and mingle and set up your bike. And um, and just it's going to be such an inspiring, fun celebration of mamas and papas everywhere. Papas, too. So if you're a couple and you want to come, come. We'd love to meet you and, and get in touch with you. And, you know, it's really nice to to be able to see our listeners face to face. And you guys were just going to have a really good time. And David Zint is such an incredible teacher and it's going to be so fun and inspiring and silly and I'm so excited for you all to get to listen to the next hour with him. So let's get to it. With each breath, with each pedal stroke, I want you to stand in your courage, stand in your conviction, release your judgments, release your doubts, pull those hips back over that straddle, take a big inhale. What you offer up is what you will receive back down. So offer up your strength, offer up your power, offer up your conviction, release your judgment, release your fears, and release your doubts. Tap it back. So we have David Zint here, and we're so excited. Hello. I Hello. The, the lone clap. The I can join you in this. <laughs> David, how did you, can you talk to us a little bit about your path? Yeah, to me, I've always been really into to fitness and the whole mind-body spiritual connection that it has. And in particular, I'm a I'm a I'm a senior soul cycle instructor, which if you don't know what that is, it's an indoor cycling class 
which mixes a couple different elements. It's a full body workout, but it also has a really spiritual element to it. It has a very life coaching, motivational element to it. It has a very party, cardio party aspect to it. The music's really, really great in there. Um, it's candlelit. The music's loud. People go in there without judgment, without assumptions about one another. And I've always been drawn to the fact that when you get into that room, we get ourselves hyped up into the state. You get all these endorphins going, okay? And so then the words that we're able to speak to people, they really land, you know, because you're in this place where you're fighting to hold the beat. You know, you're putting on so much resistance on that wheel that you're exhausting your legs, you're exhausting your muscles. So you're changing your body, but at the same time, you allow your heart to be really open and be really vulnerable. So I sort of fell in love with that aspect of it. And I thought, wow, this is an opportunity for me to sort of explain what my journey is and what I call my purpose. Because I feel like along with being a father and being a husband, that being a soul cycle instructor is one of my really, really big purposes and gifts in life. Like, I feel like I have a lot to give in that room and the words that I speak. And you do. Sort of I end up sobbing. Lessons. Okay. I end up <laughs> sobbing. Which to most of our listeners is no big surprise. No, I know. I, <laughs> true. But I, oh my God. No, because it feels, I was trying to explain this to a neighbor friend of mine the other night. I was like, I end up working out so hard, the barriers have to drop because I'm so exhausted. Right. And so you end up working so hard that you don't really have a choice, or I don't really have a choice, but to let go. And then every time, and I want to speak to you more about this stuff, because you end up doing a lot of manifesting kind right. of stuff at, towards the end of the class. And whenever you ask us like to envision like what are we – running towards or what do we see that is always when I'm clearest about it mm -hmm. and it's it's just that's been the most useful aspect for me I mean not even like the calorie burning which is great you get in and out in 45 minutes you're sweating like a pig and then you feel really accomplished but the for me it's been like the clarity that it's brought to my life that when I in, near that end of the class, like whatever I'm envisioning or whatever I see, like that feels so much more like my personal truth than a lot of what I tell myself throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Well, I also think that for a lot of people, you know, they haven't gotten a chance to have that connection with mind and body. And I think a lot of people don't understand how much our, you know, you think like, oh, I'm going to the gym because I want to lose weight or I'm going to the gym because I want to look better. But we don't understand or, or a lot of people don't understand how much – how important it is that, that those are both dealt with in the same blow. So like for there are people you hear say like, I go on a run because I can get in touch with myself. It's like there's something about that expelling even just literally the sweat, mm -hmm. you know, clears you out. Mm -hmm. And I always think too like in the soul cycle classes that I've taken – that music and it's and because you're on a bike and you're watching somebody lead you your mind is able to wander a little bit and mm -hmm. you're able to think about things that sometimes in life we don't even take the time to just sit and yeah. think about um, do you know what i think happens it's twofold one i think it's like any other process or any other because it's a craft really i mean it's something you get better at it's like a sport it's like painting it's like reading it's like writing the more that you do it the more that you do the exercise, you get better at the actual craft. But then something sort of takes over where you get so hyped up that sort of this magic happens, this clip happens where you clear out the cobwebs. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with like Julia Cameron, who does The Artist's Way. And she talks about every morning you wake up, you get the cobwebs out, you do those morning pages. Well, I kind of feel like that just happens in the beginning of the class. No matter how tired you are, if, no matter how tired you are at night, you just start pedaling. You just start writing, you know, you just start doing. And I think after you take those first few steps, by the end, you've cleared out all that emotional baggage, you've cleared all that clutter, then you have that clarity and manifest. Then you have that vision, and then it becomes so clear to you. That's why you walk out of there and you're like, now I know what I want, now I know what I need. Yeah. And better, more importantly, now I know how to ask for it. Because I think a lot of people walk into that room and they don't really know how to ask for what they want. And I think you give them permission in that room through the physical excitement by getting them out of that place of judgment, out of that place of fear. And you sort of tip the scale so that they're like, I have this clarity. And tapping into the strength. Yes. Like feeling the power. Yeah. yeah. And also the energy of everyone around you, right? 
Oh, that's so good. Well, and I think that also, you know, having kids, and you have one child, right? Yeah, she'll be two in September. Two, and what's her Very name? similar. Her name's Harlow Grace. Harlow, that's right. Yeah. I, know, I love mm-hmm. that name, Harlow, so much. One thing that I've really noticed with Magnolia is that it's made me very aware of how far away from my base I've gotten. You know, it's like we come into this world so open and so daring and so free to kind of not care about making mistakes and and to be creative and to um, just play wherever we are to bring that sense of wonderment into all of the things that we do. And then life happens and we get into the, you know, really literally the rat race and we're, and it's the nine to five and I've got to get this to get this to get this. And you lose that. And mm-hmm. being with your child, I feel like brings you back. And for some people, it may actually scare them because they don't know, they don't identify with that anymore. But for me, it's really made me want to try to, like I'm starting to try and just leave my phone behind when I sit down with my daughter so I can be present to that. Because I feel like I can learn so much from just being with her while she's in it. Um, So I'm sure as a a father, you know, now you have that in your work. Everything changed when she was born. In my teaching, in my life, she was such a lesson in that you don't have to be perfect to get started. You just have to be present. You just have to take that first step. Because she's not afraid of falling, you know, yeah, like they, no. they scratch themselves up, they get right back up, they laugh, you know, they color on the walls, they don't judge it. Like as an adult, we're the people who judge it, like we start to judge it. And I think that's what's so amazing when you get into that room. Like it doesn't matter if you're an Olympic athlete, it doesn't matter if you're a mom of five kids who hasn't worked out in five years, you clip into that bike and you realize I don't have to be perfect. You know, I don't have to do every bit of choreography. I just have to start pedaling. Yeah. I just have to take that first step. One thing you too know? that also I, I, I've so enjoyed and I think is what ke- keeps me coming back besides the fact that it's a great workout is also that, um, you know, Ellie and I have told you like what we're attempting to do with this podcast is to really give a universal place where everyone can feel accepted and everyone can feel like their opinion or their way of doing it is valid. And much like Soul Cycle, it's like you, I remember my first class I ever took and I heard people talking about this. I'm like, I'm going to go do it. And I got on the bike and it's like the first beats of music started and it was like just everyone, what's it called? Is it just running when you're just, what's what's the term? For? Well, out of the saddle, you jog, you, you jog, run. Right. If it's a little faster, it's called yeah. run. Yeah. And then the beat hit and yeah. everyone started going up and down together and I felt so connected to everyone in the room. And I think like we're so, all of us are so thirsting for that. But the only thing that we've been taught is separation because Mm -hmm. everything is about getting ahead, being the best, winning, all, you know, succeeding, succeeding to the extent that we we've forgotten what our connection to everyone else is. And I feel like whenever I'm in that room, it I'm feels connected. like I'm in an animal pack. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you? Don't you, you feel do. like you're yeah, connected yeah. to everybody it's like else? Like you're not Geographic. competing with one another. Yeah. You're no, rising you're, each you're other rising up. You're rising each other up. You're <clears throat> feeding off of each other's energy. And, uh, Except for the few times I'll like get off beat. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. like, ah, <laughs> no, and one but, of one of my friends actually had a really funny story too about how she did go to a Soul Cycle class, and she was like, after the class, she was like, I felt so like in it and connected, and these were my compadres, and I turned to the girl next to me, and she wanted nothing to do with me, and she was like, but we were we were unified, <laughs> we were together. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then at the end, like when people have to leave for the showers, so it's like I was at a class last week, and um. Pixie said she was like, "Hey, turn to your the person next to you and like give them a high five or something." And she was like out for the shower, and I was like, "Ah," oh. because you do feel like this cool connection, like absolutely, it's really special. And then the other cool thing about it is, I feel like we're doing an infomercial for Soul Cycle now. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, what I love is when you show up, no one's wearing makeup, and I feel like that's a sign of a good workout. Like yeah. no one wears makeup. Everyone already like nobody's trying like it looks like I went to a women's college and so nobody tried and Mm -hmm. that's what it feels like when I go to soul cycle like everyone just shows up ready to do their work because they know that like by the end of the class you're wearing makeup it'll be melted down your face anyway yeah what did what did you do before soul cycle before well I'm also a screenwriter as well so I still I still do screenwriting as well and then I've always been into fitness I'm a personal trainer I taught indoor cycling before soul cycle as well a little bit so, so. soul cycle started in new york correct, correct? and yeah. then um were you in new york or you were you've always been in no i've LA. always been in los angeles yeah i started right. when a little bit after the first studio in west hollywood opened out here which was in 
2012, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were saying that you've always been kind of on this path and whatnot. So did you hear about it and knew that it vibed with kind of your aesthetic and the, and the way that you, I mean, how excited were you? When Absolutely. You, like, I mean, I'd always been, like I had mentioned earlier, I'd always been into fitness and sort of the, the journey of the mind body and how you can sort of, I always had this feeling after I worked out that I was like, wow, I'm present now at mm-hmm. the time for my girlfriend, you know, I'm present, you know, like things don't get me angry as quickly. I let things roll off my back yeah. a little more. I like, realize I, what's I really important, you run. know? Like when I, like something will bug me in the morning and I'll be like, I'm not going to deal with it yet. And I go for a run and just 30 minutes later and I take a shower and then it's like that thing is not a thing anymore. Yeah. And it's crazy because I could have like just like, you know, it can be so destructive to like follow those in like impulses at times. Like if yeah. somebody, you know, if someone's late or your things are not as you expect them to be and then yeah. go on that run and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's not that big of a you know because I say in class all the time I'm like you can get what you want out of it like some classes are really heavy and really deep and people have huge emotional breakthroughs and other classes it's like you know what I just want to dance on this bike and I don't want to flick off the person who cuts me off on the 405 do you know what I mean and that that's extremely valid as well you know I just want to have that extra breath that I count to three you know when my third child is crying and you know and I'm able to take a breath and realize like what's really important you know so I think it really I think it levels our emotions out, you know? I think it gives us this sense of clarity, the sense of, okay, it's going to be okay. If I can handle it in that room, I can handle whatever this day has for me. Yeah. And when did you start your spiritual journey? Because I feel like a lot of your class is very spiritual. Absolutely. I harassed David after class one day, um, asking him for a book to read. And he suggested The Untethered Soul, which is why I keep talking about it, everyone. So anyway. You've been talking about it quite a bit on the podcast. Yeah, on the podcast, podcast, yep. Yep. Yeah. So where did, how did, did that it? start? I'm like 75% through. I'm okay. listening to it. Okay. Have you, have you read it? I haven't. It's on my list. But everyone yeah, it's fantastic. But it's so good, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I go into like a total spiral. Yeah. Because he talks about how like you're not, you know, you're just like this little thing on a planet spinning in the universe. That's empty. But it's really good. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, it's, but it, to answer your question, I've sort of, <clears throat> it came pretty early for me. I would say around the, in high school, um, it's probably going to sound cliched, but I read The Catcher in the Rye, which I'm sure a lot of high schoolers did. But that sort of changed everything for me. I really related to Holden Caulfield. And I was like, wow, here's someone who at the time was older than me, you know, the Mm -hmm. character in the book. And I was like, I really relate to this guy. Questioning things and like sort of seeing through what he called phonies. And that was sort of the trajectory. I grew up in a relatively Catholic home. We went to mass, I would say once a week and then on the big holidays. So religion was always a big part of my upbringing. And faith was really always really important to me, but what wasn't instilled in me was questioning. And so that book really allowed me to sort of question things and to sort of want to pick apart dogma and sort of want to see what are the answers for me, you know, in life? Like, what are the truths for me? And that sort of started me on the journey pretty early. And it just continued through college and then when I moved out to Los Angeles in, in the late 90s. Did you do yoga or retreats or? Um, funny enough, my wife got me into yoga about, I'd say, 12 years ago. Because she's a dancer, so she always had that very, like, body fluid. Like, for her, which she's an avid soul cycler. As you, I don't know if you, yes, you two yes, met yes, her. Yes, You've yes. met her, right? No, I haven't met her, but I've seen her. You've seen her. On the stage. On the, yeah, on the podium. On the, yeah. On the yeah, yeah, yeah. She rides all the time. She's, she's beautiful amazing. up there. So she's always been very connected to music, very connected to dance and expressing yourself through your body. So that's always been a part of her journey. So she really introduced me to yoga. And to me, it was a game changer for me. I thought, you know, at first I was like, oh, I don't know if yoga is for me. Like, I'm going to be the only guy in there. But I went in there and obviously in Los Angeles, there's a lot of dudes in there. There's a lot of guys in there. And it's all the good it, looking actors. Yeah, it wasn't it was what like I thought. 11 a.m. because no one has like, real jobs. It's great. That's when I went. I went at 1230 <laughs> and there's like 60 people in the class. I was like, don't these people have jobs? No, like, one does. no nobody does. It's like an hour and a half class. You get yeah. out at like two. You're like, yeah, really? People were hanging out and having coffee after. I'm like, do you go to work at night? No, they're coming back later. You it know? was very European in L.A. Like, yeah, right. It go. is. It is. No so I, I fell in love with it. You know, it took me a few classes, though. I was like to really like 
I always hear the stories. I don't know if you two meditate, but I've tr- I've meditated yes. a little bit, and I go and it ebbs and flows. Like sometimes I'm really into it, sometimes I'm not. But I had a very similar experience with yoga, where I'm like, is this what I'm supposed to be thinking? Is this where I'm supposed to be? You know, where it's like, am I meditating? I'm not meditating. Should you look around the room? Like, am I doing it? Like, but eventually that voice just goes away, and you're kind of in it. So that's been a nice journey. That's wonderful. Yeah. We'll be right back. This summer, Audible is partnering with James Patterson, one of the world's best-selling authors, to create a program that encourages young readers to find their way to books by listening to audiobooks as well as promoting family listening parties. A reluctant reader himself and the father of a reluctant reader, James Patterson's commitment to inspiring children to find fun and entertainment in reading has been an extremely personal mission for years. So head on over to audible.com slash Patterson that's P-A-T-T-E-R-S-O-N, uh, to find special recommendations, discounted audiobooks, reading guides for families, and more. With children home from school this summer and families looking for opportunities to spend time together, listening to audiobooks is the perfect way to keep everyone thoughtfully entertained while helping children perpetuate a love for books and reading. Unlike movies, video games, and other activities that require children to stay in one place, audiobooks are uniquely suited to entertain kids and families while they are otherwise occupied. Children can listen to engaging stories while cleaning their rooms. Families can listen while on the road to their vacation destination or while clearing the table after dinner. The possibilities and opportunities are endless. Countless studies have confirmed the ability of audiobooks to improve early literacy skills, expand vocabularies, elevate comprehension, and more. So please join Audible and James Patterson to get kids reading and listening to audiobooks. Once again, the website is audible.com slash Patterson. That's audible.com slash P-A-T-T-E-R-S-O-N. We're back. We're back. Okay. I recently read uh, one of David's blogs for SoulCycle. So I'm going to share a little quote from him. I want to show, not just talk, about motivation and drive with my daughter. I want her to know that it takes just as much time and energy to complain as it does to take action and fix these complaints. That if you can envision it, you can create it. That we build, work, and will for the lives and relationships and successes we want, not wish them. So can we talk about that a little more? Yeah, absolutely. I think like anything, the scariest part of anything that we want is to give ourselves permission to allow it, to just take that first step, like I mentioned before, take that first pedal stroke, have that first manifestation of it, have that first inception, that creative little seed. Once we have that, I feel like you've started. You just start by starting. Whatever it is, you just get out there and you start it. Because I feel like the fear, the biggest fear is beginning. The biggest fear is saying, I'm not good enough to start this project. I'm too old. I'm too tired. Like all these excuses that we make up for, I can't start playing the piano now. I can't be an actor now. I can't start writing now. Whatever it is. I'm not perfect already. Yeah, exactly. I'm not automatically. And to me, fear is the one thing that says you have to be perfect at everything. You know, whereas if you have faith, you just have to have action. That's all you have to do. You just have to take that first step. And that's what excites me so much because you with the class it feels like you're telling people to have their dreams but you're also you follow up with like it takes action and I think sometimes it feels like one or the other people are either like you need to just keep like banging your head against the wall till it happens or you sit and meditate on it and like allow it to come to you but sometimes that feels too passive and it's like no we have Doesn't to be it? active because you I see I, you see both sides all the time you see the quote-unquote dreamers who are you know, don't put any action into it. You have great ideas, but if you're not willing to build it and work for it, it's not going to get you very far. But if all you do is work for it, but you don't have faith in it and you don't believe, then you're sort of manifesting what you don't want rather than what you do want, you know? I think this is the hardest part of it, though, is that we're all different in our approach to things and we all have our own neuroses and our own baggage that we bring to the table. And I think the hardest part is that it doesn't, it's not one size fits all for everybody. And so while there is somebody where being active would be what they need to do to get up in the morning and write their pages or do whatever it is that they need to make them feel like they're moving forward towards something, there's somebody else that maybe overthinks things and they need to set back. For sure. But that's where I think there's that balance, right? Because I think it is both. Because like I look at you and you're, always like I think you allow things to come in and you meditate on it and you you know you're like this feels good but then you also have this incredible action behind what you do like because 
no, I've never met someone who's like more willing to like jump off the diving board than Bianca. <laughs> like if it feels good to her, she sits, she let, you know, if it feels yeah. good, you'll like literally, I'm the one, I get to the end of the diving board and I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know the water's yeah. cold or not. And then once I jump, it's really fun. Or right. once like we hold high hands or she pushes me, it's great. But like you do, you know. But the problem you know, the is I side. also, I have an initial really strong fire and then I get bored. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, sparkly thing over there. Yeah. And I and I go to the other side. So like it, this is why I think it's so important for people to understand how special and unique they are. Because I think what happens is you see somebody doing it one way or that person over there did it this way. And that's the way I need to do it. But we all have our own way. And you have to trust that the right process is going to work for you. Because like Ellie and I, that's why we're so great as a team. Because I mean, look at Ellie has her pages all prepared. Everything's typed out for mm-hmm. the podcast. I come in and I'm like, what, what are we talking about today? It's like, that's just who we are. And it works for both of us. And that doesn't mean we don't have our own issues or, or guilty feelings at times or, you know, nobody's perfect. But I think it's very important. And this is goes back to what we were talking about earlier with children. It's like children come in and they understand themselves. They know what they need to make things happen. They know how they need to get from A to B. And somewhere along the way, however we've advanced in schooling them or educating them, I feel like we've done a disservice because we take that, that secure feeling away. Kids get to a place where they don't trust themselves anymore. And that becomes us as adults. And that's why there's so many people in your classes sitting mm-hmm. there going, preach to me because we've lost it and we and we ache for it. We want it so badly. Well, and it's also about the journey. And I think that's probably part of what we've people have lost, right? It's like my daughter, who's almost two, doesn't necessarily know how to get to a, from A to B, but she'll figure it out along the way. And yeah. that's part mm-hmm. of the fun. And we're always like trying to get to be already. <laughs> or, yeah. You know. Yeah. Like obsessed yeah. with the destination yeah. and not yes. enjoy- enjoying the journey. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, you know, it's, it's interesting too, because I think like we feel like as parents, you know, I'm going to show her, I'm going to guide her and I'm going to, you know, and maybe she doesn't have the tools yet, but the knowledge, the inner awareness is there. I mean, I do think we've talked about how kids these days are coming in more aware more more present than ever and you know i did this kundalini yoga workshop and they said children come in with their third eye wide open and that all kids have insane tuition and that if you sit with them for long enough they'll tell you incredible Absolutely. things Do you know what's tricky about at least for parenting for me is my daughter has this curiosity and she has a sense of wonderment and wanting to learn and she has these instincts where if it doesn't feel right, then it's not right. You know, where I feel like as adults, it doesn't feel right and it's not right, but we still do we it. We do it anyway. We do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And it, it I think becomes the like, challenge, I'm what's not yes. right. And I think right? the challenge is giving them the tools, you know, to be, to mold into who they want to be, but not letting those tools that you're giving them interfere with those wonderment and those tools that they're b- born with that, I think it was a developmental psychologist who said, once you name it a flower, it no yes. longer becomes a flower anymore to them. Yeah. Now it's this name. So it's not this like wonderment in their head. Like you've called it something that it wasn't to them. Yeah. So it can no longer be a flower to them anymore. I know yeah. that sounds really heady, but. No, it sounds right up of, our alley. It's yeah. kind of heartbreaking, isn't it? It is like, it, in a way. We, be, we make it. Because sometimes I watch her and I'm like, she's not, like on an acid trip. And this is amazing <laughs> to watch. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they they're, they're, they are pretending like they know what I mean. But I promise there's one listener out there who's like, yes, I yes. know what you mean. <laughs> I absolutely know what yeah. you mean. It's, and I want some of it like yeah, I, I want that what she's taking yes it's it's in the colors and seeing and and then she will spot like we said in another podcast about the magician and how children are much harder to fool because you can't direct their attention yeah. right so they'll spot things and i moved something in our backyard the other day and within two seconds she was outside and she saw it and it was something in the corner that my husband will probably take another two weeks to notice but because they're just soaking it all in they can see everything that we're yeah. mm-hmm. missing with our blinder i mean think about this what if you two went out to dinner and within oh yes 10 let's. minutes let's say you threw a fit you threw your plate on the floor you cried and then you hysterically laughed 
like you would be deemed crazy, but our children are <laughs> just accessible. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, totally. Yeah. I think that Absolutely. all the time when I see yeah. her, I'm like, are you insane? Yeah. I, I read a great <laughs> article so at one point, and I'll have to find it so we can post it because it was really fascinating to me about tantrums, about toddler's tantrums, and about how we don't understand them as adults, that to to express yourself that openly is so unacceptable as as an adult person that it makes us so uncomfortable mm-hmm. and that it's just that there there's no censor on them it's what it is is right there you know it's like they, they talked about the uh, Dalai Lama it's like when you sat with him you knew exactly what he was experiencing because it was he was so in mm-hmm. tune and at peace and in the moment with himself it's there and that's our children that's like um, watching Robert Downey Jr. act yeah <laughs> um, yeah no I know I'm yeah, agreeing with thing. you which is probably but see then there's that okay well then we talk I don't know this is a total tangent but the idea of addiction and stuff like that like that there are people that probably cannot handle they have that like a child does right and then they're so sensitive and then like they can't handle the real world Mm -hmm. because of that sensitivity but that's but that goes in line with what I was saying earlier about everyone has their strengths and their weaknesses and I think sometimes usually your biggest strength is also your biggest weakness but like we haven't evolved into a, a society of people that accepts all those differences we keep trying and i think that's what's partially at the root of our of our mental illness problem which i think is what's at the root of everything but that's a whole nother podcast um because we don't accept people as they are and we do say you're too sensitive for this or you're too ambitious or mm-hmm. you're too selfish and we keep molding everyone into this narrow funnel that we expect everyone to process through and it's not fair because we're all so special and unique and different and uh my husband does a podcast a a radio show but also podcast with dr drew dr drew always gets mad he's like enough of this we are unique snowflakes bullshit (laughs) (laughs) but it's true I, am I the Dr. Drew in this in our relationship? Kind of. I'm yeah, like the like kind the of. one with the notes. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I think you're right. It's like yeah. trying to parent every child the same. You can't. I don't. You and, can't. You can't do it. And I. And this is why it's so important that parents parent the way that they. I know. I know it's huge. And I mean, look, both Ellie and I, um, and you are v- are very new to it. We're just mm-hmm. on the threshold of of jumping off the cliff, and and probably there's so much to come we can't even imagine. It's. It's so important that you get to a place where you feel confident in yourself to know what's best for your child in kind of – Mike and I were trying to come up with a an analogy the other day of mm-hmm. what it means to be a parent. Mm-hmm. We're like mm-hmm. – Mike's like, I think it's kind of like you're like one of those troughs that like the river is flowing down and you just kind of like – hold the space and and direct where the water should go and I said no it's like being a lifeguard where you watch and as long as the kids are swimming in the pool and they're being okay but if they start to drown you got to jump in and we were but we went yeah. back and forth for like an hour it's no, like no it's, it's like <laughs> but you know what that reminds me of my wife and I when we were first putting her in her crib and there's the tools two schools of thought you coddle them and you bring them in and you co-sleep or you let them, the cry it out method yeah and so we were torn. We're like, which method are we going to do? So we tried the truck cried out one night and it ripped our hearts out. Like we couldn't stand it. Like yeah. the screeching. And then we caught her. We co-slept and then it was fine. So then the next night we're like, you know what? We're reading all these books. Like what would you want to do? Like what are your instincts saying? So she started to cry. So we walked in there. We didn't pick her up. But we stood right there and we just talked to her and we're like, we're not leaving you. We're right here, but you're in your crib. You're okay. And she just fell asleep. The next night she cried. We walked in. We stood there. We didn't pick her up, mm-hmm. but we just let her know that we weren't going to abandon her. And I was like, there's our method. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's yes. so gorgeous that you like trusted yourself enough to be in it because I, you know, we, we talked a lot on this podcast about how hard it is because there's so much information out there and everybody proclaims to have the right way. And I think that's what, I think that's what begins to create the friction that we see on the mom mm-hmm. forums. And you were talking about before we started the podcast about how judgment and and that it's not as much it's not as prevalent as yeah, or moms out at, at yeah. lunch talking yeah, about yeah. or anywhere. Yeah. Just that there's all these schools and a slight. Oh, maybe my way's better or. Or like, what is that way that you're doing? Or, you know, whereas I feel like with dads, it's like, oh, did you try that? Oh, okay, I'll try that too. Like, there's just a willingness. <laughs> oh, and I'm sure there's fathers out there that are judging too. Yeah, but, I'm sure. But, but I, but but I it think doesn't it's... seem as prevalent. Yeah. No, but maybe they just don't talk as much as we do. And they don't, I don't think that, <laughs> that's true. But also they don't maybe take it as personally. Yeah. Right, because it feels like such a personal thing sometimes. Of like what 
our my way and if if someone else does it a different way then does the mom think like oh well then she's judging me or that means my way isn't as good whereas a dad is like he's just trying to keep the kid alive and happy (laughs) and healthy but it's not about there's like an openness to it whereas maybe a mother's self-identity is more Mm -hmm. wrapped up in the choices and i'm sure it's probably a bigger topic of just gender and how yeah but i right i think that that's that's you know what i was saying earlier is just that uh, that's because we are so unsure because we don't feel confident in our choices i think that's where that criticism and judgment comes from because you you get frightened when you hear someone else saying something and then you're like shit did i do it wrong and then in mm-hmm. order to not feel that you need to you know get yourself all up on on uh, on your hind legs and and be the mama bear and say like no i did it this way it's great and that way is wrong because it makes you feel more secure yeah. um instead of the fact that we're just comfortable in knowing like i did the best i could you know if there's therapy sessions later because of it then no. there will be anyway <laughs> i mean especially if you live in la like we might yep. as well start saving for that as a daddy how has working out changed for you or like how do you find the time for it i mean i know it's your career too right or one of your careers but what is i guess it's two questions how has having a daughter changed you mm-hmm and how can parents find time to work out when they're really tired and when it hasn't been their primary focus? Yeah, and it's not their career like mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or my pretend f- career yeah. like mine. <laughs> I mean, to answer your first question, obviously you both know as mothers, like it changes everything. Like the birth of her was, I've never had a sense, I think especially moving out to Los Angeles and in this culture of wanting to make it or wanting to succeed it flipped from what is my day about productivity what is my day about me taking one more step me 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 towards me and my career and what i want to accomplish with my dreams to unselfish Mm. here's my purpose being present her rock like allowing myself to take the focus and put it all on her and that was a huge huge shift And I think you know it's coming, but until you have that child, until you have that baby in your arms, and until you experience those two months straight of sleepless nights, those tantrums and all of the trials and tribulations, you really can't grasp the magnitude of how it changes your life. I think it was, who was the actor that said, people who say having a child will greatly change your life understate it somebody said that and i was like that's it like you can't find the words to say how how much it changes your life not being able to find the words i think is the key there because i i think that it's like people try to tell you the best that they can um but there's something about and i know i've tried to like pinpoint what it is but i i feel like it's something about that connection that Mm -hmm. that band of energy that exists between you and your child and this that no matter what you would do anything to keep them safe and happy and um and it is exhausting it's yeah. this it's it's like it's like it's like being on the hamster wheel isn't it, it it's is. like groundhog's yeah. day it's every day completely. waking up you're doing the same thing but like you can't get off like there's no, no getting you off can't. Of it. <laughs> oh, i mean even on vacation you're not no. off no of like you don't sleep oh, no, in on vacation you know, vacations suck we've talked about that no. many times. it's not a vacation for the parents no but it's um <laughs> It is. It's like a hamster wheel because you can never stop and it's relentless. Relentless, right? Yeah. And then at the same time, I ca- catch myself being so much more grounded. Yeah. And so at other times, you know, it's this crazy – I feel like I'm schizophrenic because yeah. on the one hand, I'll feel so much more wound up or just trying to get her out the door feels so exhausting and almost like – could just like break my will mm-hmm. <laughs> just to get her into the car seat yeah. sometimes. But then – other times because she'll be playing and I'll just be present with her I'm like oh wow I never would have let myself spend 30 minutes doing a puzzle mm-hmm. before she was born yeah. I never would have gone to the park and laid on a blanket and you know studied leaves <laughs> you yeah. know like these yeah. things that like you suddenly do when you're a parent yeah. um, so it's funny because it's like more of both I absolutely think. yeah and to answer your second question um, <laughs> to <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> Keep them coming. <laughs> um, finding the time to work out. I I used to do a lot of strength training, and that sort of took a backseat because I'm teaching 
12 to 14 classes a week. So I'm still, you know, we, I still get the strength training in the class and I still get obviously a lot of cardio in the class, which I feel so blessed to be able to have a job where I'm like, oh, I get to dance on that bike and I get to work out too. But I've sort of discovered little tricks to do with her, you know, like she climbs on my back. I do push-ups with her on the back and she's like, more, more, more. Um, I like throw her up in the air and like pretend she's a wall ball like in CrossFit. I used to do kettlebell swings with her. Yeah, she'll (laughs) get on my shoulders. I'll do overhead squats with her on my shoulder. Like we'll go for runs and there's so many different different things that you can do just to stay active, you know? What do you think is the biggest block for people with – becoming active like what why do you think that so many people resist it i think it's fear that that they need to do it perfectly you know that they need to be an athlete to work out or that they need to be in perfect shape to get started but you don't you just do what you need to do for that day like i say you take that first step yeah so i'm wondering if it's a fear of weakness too like that feel because that can feel really scary sometimes like I'll I'll try something new and like to feel that I don't I think know, a lot of people are afraid to... to find their own strength too. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I think you know there's a I'm sure you've read it as a screenwriter of the the um War of Art mm-hmm. and uh Stephen yeah. Pressfield. Yes, and and he talks about, you know, that that the voice of resistance is extremely reasonable and it will make yeah. you think that these reasons why you're not doing these things, they make perfect sense. I mean, it really is a no-brainer why I'm not waking up and writing or doing whatever it is. And in his book, by the way, he talks about he is a writer, but it applies to anything in life. Everything. Um, everything. It is yeah. such a good book. And um, yeah, fantastic. And if you think you don't have time to read it, you do. Because yeah. it's like one little paragraph per page. It's so good. Yeah, it's Audible. Amazing. Is it on Audible? I'm sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of, that's one of our sponsors. Jinx. Double jinx. No, but I was just going to say, I do think that like it's if I think for a lot of people, the fear of failure in the sense that like if you don't, if you just sit at home and don't go out and do the things that you want to do, then it's easy to say someday I will. Mm-hmm. But I do think people think if I start and then I realize that I'm not good, I'm not worthy, I'm not able, capable, whatever, then 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 it's over yeah. then it's you know but yeah. but but people really don't realize that doesn't stuff. that doesn't happen yeah. it doesn't happen that you find out like you just keep going everything keeps going it's all it's moving yeah. it's all in transition yes well not to be really dramatic about it but i've always thought that <laughs> oh, we love drama i've always thought that working out in sort of your own trajectory your own path is very joseph campbell like it's your hero's journey like you're gonna resist it yeah you get the call i need to change my life you're gonna say no you're going to go on the journey. You're going to be challenged. You're going to almost die. But then at the other side, you're like, holy shit, look what I did. And yeah. I feel like you kind of go on that journey in a class or in your own it. personal totally. fitness. You and, know? and what's better for our kids than to see their parents out there taking care of themselves and loving their bodies? I mean, I, for me, it's always been a struggle because I'm not a size zero or two. And in Hollywood, that's uh, it's a big thing. And um and not and I want to say this because I feel like I have to say this every time I say this is that there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that for me, it's been a struggle. <laughs> Sabrina sleeping upstairs, so oh, we yes, could keep right. the passion. I got very passionate to, about it. Oh, yeah. um, but I, it was a big thing to change my focus on being healthy and strong, and not that I have to lose weight or be smaller. And the crazy thing that happened with that was when I was pregnant, and I looked back at pictures of myself, I was like, shit. My body was fantastic, and I was this whole time rallying against <laughs> yes. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. When I was pregnant, I was very um, – I was sick the first few months. Mm. Like, I felt so nauseated. I would wife. go on the elliptical, and I would want to, like – I would get seasick. Like, I'd want to throw up off the side of it. And I don't know what – listeners out there obviously i'm not a doctor so don't do this if you're pregnant if you don't feel comfortable or figure it out yourself i'm not going to be responsible for you but i would go to soul cycle when i was pregnant and i would go to your class and it was the one thing i could do even though it's like super hardcore right but after the first 10 minutes the the nausea would is that how you say that word yeah it would go away and I would feel fine. And maybe it helps that they have like gum at the front desk. But <laughs> I would wear the earplugs and I would do it. And by the end, I would feel so good. 
And it's crazy because nothing, I couldn't do anything else. And I love working out. But mm-hmm. that was the one thing I could do. If I could get on the bike and get through the first five minutes, I knew I'd be able to have a great workout. And and I was already in good shape. See, because I'm worried now about like pregnant moms jumping on the bike. I don't want to feel responsible. Well, no. Obviously, they have to get their doctor's permission. Yeah, but they have to I do have all that. pregnant moms all the time who are riding on their due date. And I tell them to go easy, you know, listen to your body and what your doctor said. But they're like... I just want to be in this room. They're like, I just want to pedal and just break a sweat and like take in all the energy. Like that's for their mind. Like they leave and they're just like, ah. Yeah. It was so helpful for me. And then the funny thing was that when I came back for the first time after giving birth, when I walked in the room, the smell reminded me of, my Ding morning day. sickness because oh so <laughs> that was a because that's, that's yeah. the last time I had smelled that smell was like when I had morning sickness and then it but it felt so good to be back and it's um I that was such a gift to like have something that I could go do mm-hmm. to feel good again just for like a short period I was so grateful to have found that what does um Carlo think about what you do. I mean, does she... Well, she... she's still pretty young, but yeah. it's funny you say about the music because my wife wrote up until after her due date and I'm convinced that Harlow was listening to the music the whole time. Every time you put on a song, she is just moving, she is dancing, like... Yeah. Like crazy. She comes to the studio a lot and our nanny will watch her while I'm teaching and my wife is writing. I was wondering who writing. watches because I'll yeah. see her in the front yeah, and, and it's like so adorable. Yeah. All the... the... She'll dance and, every... yeah. and the whole staff is amazing. They're like a second family. So... Basically. She just loves going there to daddy's yeah. work. Like I don't, awesome. I think she knows that it's a bike and she knows that there's music Yeah, and she knows there's a lot of yellow because she can say yellow now and she has <laughs> oh, yellow. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. Well, thank you so much for, Thanks for having me. coming and talking and sharing yeah, your, your energy so and your positivity with us because I think that that's, um, you know, I feel like for moms who may be not uh, in New York or LA, it was Soul Cycle anywhere oh my God, else. It's everywhere. We're growing so quickly now. We're in Chicago now. We're in Boston. We're up north in San Francisco. We're in Miami. Um, If you're in town, check it out. I actually went to one in um, Brooklyn. I had like a a red-eye flight, and I was exhausted, and I was like, well, let me see where a class is nearby. Because it really does. It can shift everything. And that's what's amazing about it now. Like You you know you're going to get the experience if you're traveling. You're like, oh, I have it. I have my (laughs) sanction. Yes. It really helps yeah. with the, especially with like acclimating, I think. Mm-hmm. But even um, if, but even if our listeners are somewhere where they can't access, you know, a soul cycle, you guys, there's so many things out there now. And sometimes it's just a matter of getting online and mm-hmm. researching um, and talking to people that live in your town mm-hmm. or city, because there, there's so many different places now where it doesn't, it doesn't have to kill you uh with cardio it just be a place where you go and you receive positivity while you're maybe doing a little bit of exercise or even something as simple as sitting and talking um and online too like with youtube that's pretty amazing like if you're a mom out there who is you know doesn't have access to this or like can't find a sitter for your kid or whatever uh, if you go on youtube on your phone there's like a million different options um we'll put some on our facebook page but you can get a good workout in 10 minutes like you Mm -hmm. can feel it can shift your perspective it can make it can make me a little less angry or crazy yeah and there's some really funny things out there too i know at one point my sister and i were putting on videos that were just making us laugh because it was these crazy people trying to teach dance lessons and it's like (laughs) sometimes just doing something that makes you laugh like that is enough to bust you out of you know the doldrums so um thank you so much thanks for having me you guys we'll be right back Hey guys, sorry. I'm um I'm currently on my SoulCycle app reserving my next class with David. <laughs> oh my god, it's so inspiring. Like I want to go work out right now and I even worked out before we, I got here and I did the hill to your house. I know that was not. <laughs> um okay, so mom bum first? Sure. Okay. Mine is from David. So his Twitter handle is at @spinvillain and it's V I L L A I N. Okay. You're like, yeah, that's obvious. I misspell it every time I type it in. Okay. Anyway, uh, I've got two of them from him. Okay, ready? One of his tweets is, people who talk behind your back are behind you for a reason. Isn't that good? He says that in class. I love it. Okay, and another thing he says in class is, mistakes are there for a reason. They're your greatest teachers. They guide you. Mm, That's a good one. 
it's good to it's good to remember that because sometimes you get so down on yourself when you make mistakes and things happen. But you know what? You're gonna end up where you're gonna end up. That was so profound what I just said. Not at <laughs> all. It like made no sense. Anyway, um, mom session. Um, so this is a little uh, a little one I made up, but I just did it recently. And it made a big difference for me. Remember, we were talking in the one episode about how I needed my brain organized. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we came up with my good friend, Jen Roban. It came up with the to-do list takedown. And uh, basically what that is, is which is great because mamas and papas, you can do this and give yourself more time so you can go work out and go do things that make you feel good. But I sat in bed. I gave myself, I think, like a time limit of a half an hour. And I made it fun. I got all sorts of different colored pieces of paper and pens. <laughs> Yeah, no joke. And I did a to-do list for every room in my house and for miscellaneous things. And I just let – I like basically did to-do list diarrhea all over the the pages. So you're saying every room of your house but also like – for this project, like for this, what you're going to put up on Facebook. Exactly. Of, yeah. Like the, the jobs that I have to do for the podcast. I did <laughs> things that I need to do to make Ellie happy. I did. Rub my back. <laughs> but everything's there. And then I put them up somewhere I can see them, preferably not in the bedroom because Jen Roban yeah, says that no. should be a sacred space. But I have one room that's kind of our guest room slash uh, playroom. And I put them all up on the wall. And then it's so satisfying when you go, you make a plan for the next couple of weeks, a calendar if you want, if that's the easiest way to do it, when you're going to do those things and you start crossing those puppies off. And I'm telling you, it's so empowering and it feels so good. And then you just start to see those those items come off those mm-hmm. lists. Um, and I think just having it all in one place where you can see it, it's so freeing. Yeah, we're so scatterbrained these days. I can't remember anything. Yeah. So like my mini version of that is the reminders thing on my phone, like on iPhones, you can yeah. do reminders. And I will just type out everything that I have to do in the next week. And then it feels so satisfying pressing that little button for it to disappear. Yeah. But I'm going to go get some colored pens. Do it. It's so much fun. A little creative. And you know what? Then like Sabrina could color with you. Oh, yeah. It's a good little project. You guys, we love you. And remember, love you in your goodness. Live out your greatness. And rock on. Atomic Atomic Moms. Moms. Hey guys, quick reminder, you can find us on Instagram at Atomic Moms, on Facebook, Atomic Moms page. Twitter, at Atomic Moms. Shocking. Shocking. And please leave us reviews on iTunes under Atomic Moms and subscribe so you get it every single week because it's every Wednesday, people. So uh, subscribe and leave us a review and read the other reviews because they're pretty awesome. We're pretty fantastic. If we do say so ourselves. I'd say our reviewers are fantastic. Well, both. We're all fantastic. We're all fantastic. Everyone wins. We're all good. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.